Welcome to the long-awaited episode 63 of Land the Plane Podcast. Hello, welcome back to episode... Whoa, what am I talking about till I... <laughs> I have no idea. I, it's been too long, John, that I'm messing up the whole intro. Welcome, everyone, to Land the Plane Podcast. My name is Dustin. I'm Jonathan, and I have a problem. <laughs> is it that you ran out of your drink before? Your, your, <laughs> your, was it hot cocoa? It was, it was actually hot chocolate, which is really weird. But In, it just in April? Right. Yeah, it, it just felt right, outside. but now... It's completely empty, and we just now hit record. Yeah, that's that's a you problem, because <sighs> I didn't have any control over hitting record. Yeah. What the people don't know is that quite possibly when you start into one of your long rants or whatever about something, oh wow, <laughs> I'm I'm possibly going to get up and run into the kitchen and grab something to drink, come back into the studio, and nobody will know. They'll this know. is why we don't do YouTube. They'll know, because I'll tell them. When you're gone, I'll be like, hey, everybody. <laughs> He's gone. Don't let him know I told you. Because <laughs> you won't listen to it, you know? All right. Hey, it's been a while. It well, has been a while. Or has it? Yeah. Depends on when you listen to the last episode. Yeah. If you listened to episode 62 four months ago when we recorded it, it's you been... You didn't have to tell him that it was four months ago. I, I, I didn't. You told him it was four months. I said... I did not. I said, if... <laughs> it's like, it could have really been six months or two months... But you had to go narrow it down. Whatever. They all agree with me. Don't, don't even try. <laughs> but hey, we're back. And if you listen to episode 62, like, I don't know, you just finished and you started the next episode because you couldn't wait. You could yeah. not wait to hear our voices again. Here we are. We're right back. Bam. Bam. Yeah, even though fast. Jonathan said the long-awaited episode, so you really you know, spoiled the Hey, if you have to wait for more than 24 hours kind of long-awaited sure yeah. <laughs> whatever so it has been it has been a few minutes you know world's evolved a little bit changed not that we believe in evolution or anything like that but yes okay. yeah yeah <laughs> we, we more believe in the depreciation <laughs> what's the word is that it's probably not even the right word like the de-evolution <laughs> of the human race look at the losing the value that we can give Oh, man. Yeah. Wow. Off the tracks. We're going. And we're only like three minutes in. This is great. We're a little little off our our norm, but hey, we'll get back there. So, Jonathan, anything new with you, you know, that people should know? I know we, Christmas good? (laughs) (laughs) Let me see. We've passed Christmas, uh, several bouts of COVID in between the two families, a couple of vacations between the two of us. Several holidays. Several, yeah. Several holidays. Mm-hmm. And there was like President's Day and and Valentine's Day and St. Patrick's Day, April Fool's Day. Did you get anybody on April Fool's? I did. You did? I did. Was it good? I think it was good, but I'm a dad. Mm. And it was towards my kids. Oh. No, but listen. Okay. All right. So every morning before work or school, we gather around the table and we have like a little morning devotion i won't i won't say it's a traditional devotion every morning that you think of when you say we read a piece of scripture and do it but like every morning we have a theme 
that we we do together while eating breakfast before we carry on our day. So like Monday, it is a little devotional out of the Action Bible. Tuesday, we find like a current event that's relevant to our like spiritual life. And we talk about it. Sometimes it's like persecution from around the world or it can be laws that are being passed. It's just something to, to talk about, like build some discussion of current events. Wednesdays, we pray for a country based on the Voice of the Martyrs calendar. And then on Thursday, we read a story of a missionary. So like that's Monday through Friday. Okay. Well, you only I mean, covered one. Monday through Thursday. Thursday. Sorry. Yeah. Friday is joke day. Because <laughs> end of the week, you know, trying to get have some little fun in the morning of. So we, we do jokes. Well, this la- that Friday, April 1st, I woke up and I went there and I told them, now I have an 18-year-old, 15-year-old, and two, two eight-year-olds. Soon to be nine this month, by the way. And we, um, I was telling them, so I walked in there and I had a big old giant math book, <laughs> like almost like a, like a teach yourself math type of book. And it was for, for elementary, like fifth grade, like level. So I said, you know, jokes are kind of getting old. We're running out of jokes. I mean, there's only so many knock knock jokes in the world or, you know, stuff. Yeah. So I'm like, I've changed, my, I've changed the, the schedule. We're no longer going to have joke Friday. We're going to have math Friday. And my, especially my daughters, the eight-year-olds, they're looking at me like I'm crazy. Like, how could you possibly get rid of joke day for math day? Mm-hmm. My 16-year-old now, did I call him 15 minutes ago? Thanks. I don't know. He turned 16. Sorry. Sorry, son. He don't listen. So <laughs> he's he's 16 now. And he uh, um, was like a little bit excited, I think, because he's like a math guy. Mm-hmm. So I started doing some math problems. Some basic ones, like 30 times 1, 30 times 10 to see if they could do it. And so, so I'm reading through the book. I carry this on for about a minute. My girls are just disgusted. My 18-year-old's not saying a thing because he, he kind of caught on. Was, he knows what day it is. My, yeah. my 16-year-old, he's, he's sold he's out. He's excited. Yeah. And I said, so, new, next problem, 4 slash 1 slash 22. <laughs> and they're like, okay. My my sixteen year old's like four divided by one divided by twenty two. He's like, man, I, am I supposed to just do this in my head? Like he's going through all these things, and my girls are like, we don't understand. Like what what are we doing here? And then all of a sudden, one of my girls says, it, "Is that a date?" And then my sixteen year old's like, <sighs> we went from awesome math <laughs> to stinking dad joke. Yep. So I was like, April Fool's, and I put the math book up and pulled the joke book back out. Yeah. And um, there's some great jokes in there. Yep. I didn't get any, I didn't, I don't even think I tried to get anybody for April Fool's, but I did get, there was one, uh, it's like a, maybe Facebook or some, some other social media post that got me. And I was like, whoa, what? Um, It was the one, did you see the one where there's like this picture of a dinosaur like on the ground, you know, they had uncovered it in an archaeological dig or whatever. Oh, okay. But, you know, it still had like, it's so well preserved. It still had like some guts left and all this kind of stuff. And they were like, oh. we're going to be able to pull DNA, you know. And then it said like this doctor so-and-so has said, you know, we're going to try to basically grow. You know, it would be a shame if we didn't grow these, you know, and create 
living dinosaurs now from this species, you know, that kind of thing. It was Jurassic Park. And I was like, wait, what's that dude's name? <laughs> was it? Uh, is Jurassic Park, dude. What yeah. is his name? Oh. John. John Hammond. Hammond, yeah. Yeah. I think it was, I think that was the, the name that it listed. But anyway, as soon as I was like, ah, oh, shoot. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of cool until just now. But you were rooting for Jurassic Park. I, I mean, Park. no, because when I read that, I was like, what? Hadn't they seen the movie? <laughs> <laughs> we don't need to do it in real life. We have a movie. It's yeah. Great stage, a, yeah. Yeah. No, don't do that. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. But uh, so, yeah. And then um, it almost got me. Guy Fieri posted that he was recording his last Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. Mm-hmm. I was like, what? Wait. <laughs> so. The U-Disc app, which, you know, y'all know I'm a disc golfer. The U-Disc app is a, the greatest app for disc golfers there is um, out of the three no there's lots <laughs> no no like seriously it's like if you're if you're serious about disc golf and you have to have that app because it like shows you all the courses around or lets you keep score it's great but they you woke up that morning if you opened it it said we're changing our name to you froth which you froth what? froth froth which is frisbee golf is what oh. they used to call it froth there's an episode of Seinfeld where um, Jason Alexander's character, George, George Costanza is like talking about froth. I think he go play froth. That's funny. They built it off that. It didn't get me because yeah. I, mean, I know the day. I mean, yeah. but I ain't no noob. <laughs> so, but yeah, it was fun. Had a good time with it. There you go. But uh, we're not here to recap the last four months, Jonathan. That's right. Or whatever undetermined we're, amount of time it's been. We're here to recap been. something that happened <laughs> a lot longer ago yeah. than that. Yeah. So I think we should think, think we should catch people up. Yeah. Okay. So we've been talking this about. Joseph and Fast Forward. Right Joseph. Here. Yeah. Joseph was a son. I don't know why I started singing it. <laughs> Big family, youngest kid. Jacob was his dad. Not quite the youngest. Well, there was another one. Benjamin. Yep. And Joseph kind of had a dream, kind of bragged about it. Maybe you could say bragged about it. He told him. Yeah. Um, and then, like, brothers got a little jealous, didn't like the the moment, didn't like what it was. Cause it was this a, is impl- not very fast forward. I know. I was like this it was implying that he was going to take over, be a big deal. He got a coat. He was dad's favorite. Got thrown in a hole. Sold into slavery. Sold, yep. Was in prison for a while. House arrest was a servant slave to Pharaoh in Egypt. We talked about how he was approached by Pharaoh's wife. We talked about some of the different not roles. Pharaoh's, not Pharaoh's Potiphar's yeah. wife. Sorry, gosh, John. That'd have been real you awkward. Could, you could just done this yourself. <laughs> just trying not to, you know. We got to get fact checked. I mean, do you want it quick or do you want it accurate? I can't. Yes, do, please. I can't do it both. All right. So Potiphar's wife. He um, then he and he interpreted some dreams. Cupbearer and um, the uh, uh, bread guy. <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> baker. Baker. That's yeah. why. What, don't they call him don't, something else in the story? The, cup, sure. The cupbearer and the baker. Oh. The bread guy. Sounds, sounds like good. a. Sounds like a. Worked for Little Debbie. <laughs> no, <laughs> sounds like a children's store story. Welcome to the cupbearer and the baker. Hmm. One of them made a Be good decision. Our Okay, we both broke And that's hands. pretty much where we where we left it. So yeah, that's and, a, and yeah. I mean, so. shoot. 
Why even read your Bible after I told you that? <laughs> so he's 17 years old when he got thrown in the in the yep, pit by young. his brothers mm-hmm. and spent a lot of time either in jail or as a slave or kind of both, house arrest, all those kind of things. And uh, we kind of left off the last story with the cupbearer and the baker. One of them got good news, one of them got bad. Yes, the, uh, the baker, baker not so good. Not so good news. Not so good. Um, but he asked the cupbearer, he was like, hey, will you please remember me when when you go back to Pharaoh? And uh, his hope was that uh, that he would, you know, that the cupbearer would, would be able to go to Pharaoh and be like, hey, I met this guy. Can we get him out of jail, you know? Um, so, yeah. He didn't um, do that. Yeah, he didn't do that. <laughs> and, spoiler, uh, we talked about last episode. Yeah. <laughs> and I I wanted to, to kind of reread just that one um just that one verse. It's found in Genesis 40, verse 14. He's talking to the cupbearer. He says, Only remember me when it is well with you, and please do me the kindness to mention me to Pharaoh, and so to get me out of this house. And in other, um, in some other versions of the Bible, other translations, it says, Get me out of this pit. And it made me kind of think, um, a while back when I was reading through this and, and honestly when we kind of decided to do this series, um, I had never noticed kind of the way that that word was used. Um, and so, it, you know, I mean, he is, it, it truly is, he was in a house, he was kind of under house arrest. So it wasn't like he was spending all this time down in a dungeon, you know, his chain, chained with his arms and legs, chained up, all that kind of stuff, like we we might sometimes think. But yet he was still talking about I'm in this pit you know and um, he even says um, and this one says get me out of this prison for I was kidnapped from the land of the Hebrews Hebrews and even here I've done I've done nothing that they should put me in the dungeon or in the pit in the house in the prison um, and it just kind of hit me I wonder if even then, kind of he was thinking all the way back to that initial pit that his brothers put him in, you know? Yeah, because he's not really, I mean, he, he came out of that particular pit physically. Like, mm-hmm. he did come out of it and went, obviously, to other places. But as far as his freedom, like, once he was put into that pit, he's never had it again. Right. Like, it just carried. So, as even though he physically is in different places, Mentally, spirit, you know, mentally, and just what he's been faced with, he's kind of, kind of just stayed the same since then. Yeah, you know? yeah. Abandoned. He's not. He might not be thrown down in a pit. He might not be shackled and all those kind of things. Um, but he's, but in some ways, he's he's still in a pit. He's not free. Yeah. Anyway, he's not free to do his own thing. And so he was asking the cupbearer, "Hey, would you remember me? Get me, get me out of this." Um, and it made me kind of think about, you know, like even in our own lives, I think there's things that we can look back on and and really look and go, you know what, for me, this particular thing was a pit. Like this was a pit for me. Maybe it was, um, you know, be, getting lied about. Maybe it was how a friend betrayed you. Maybe it was um, losing a job. Maybe it was... 
um, not getting a promotion that you thought you should have gotten or something. Maybe it was just getting hurt, um, getting hurt by a church, getting hurt by, you know, somebody that loved you. Um, maybe it was a divorce. Maybe it was a death of a friend um, or a loved one or something. Um, but a lot of times I think we can even, we can kind of move on some in some ways, but yet even when our situations change somewhat, all those kind of things, and, and maybe it's even years later, I think we can still sort of be stuck in the pit, you know? Yeah, because in fact, you said you might be able to think about, think back to a time in a pit too. I mean, there could be some people out there listening right now that's still in that pit, like you were implying that this pit grabs a hold of you and you get trapped into it. And it may be just something, an issue that you need to clean out of your life. It could be an addiction problem. It could be um, so many different things. It could even be like just holding resentment in your heart towards somebody else. Mm-hmm. So many things that, that keep a hold of us. That, yeah, we're physically not in prison, in a pit, those things, but we feel alone, we feel excluded, we feel trapped, and we feel all those things that would coincide with being in a real pit. We just feel it on either, you know, a mentally, spiritually, sometimes emotionally type of level. It's that kind of pit that just keeps us, keeps us, doesn't let us grow. It doesn't let us experience the freedom, the freedoms that there are. Yeah. And so I, I think through kind of this whole life of Joseph, um, we can, I think the pit is a, is something that we need to kind of continuously keep in the, in the back of our head. Like, has he escaped the pit yet? Has he actually gotten out of his pit? Um, or does he kind of, when things happen, does he kind of mentally go back to the pit? You know, Mm -hmm. even, even if he doesn't, necessarily lose faith and and necessarily doesn't you know stop believing in God or trusting in his plan you know obeying those kind of things you can do all of those things and and even a lot of times be kind of okay but then something will happen and all of a sudden you get pulled kind of back into the pit yeah you know um and so I think so just as you're listening to this um, think about those things that, that you might, you know, you might could consider your pit. What is, what are those things that, that you kind of get pulled back into, um, you know, mentally, uh, emotionally, spiritually, those kind of things that are, that are just kind of your pits. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I think we see in Joseph's life somewhat in today's, in what we're going to go through today. And then I think especially in the next episode when we kind of wrap everything up, um, we're going to see how Joseph, I think, finally gets out of that pit. And I think it's things that that we can do too to get kind of past and out of the pits that we find ourselves in. So let's we'll, we'll be delving into that maybe a little bit more as we kind of see things unfold. Yeah, so where the story kind of picks up then in verse, in chapter where we at 41, mm-hmm. it's talking about two years. Yeah. Two years since. Two years past. Since the cupbearer and baker moment. Yeah. So even though Joseph said, can you tell them, two years have passed. <laughs> nope. So, yeah, I'll do that. Never promise no. a time frame. Yeah, but I'll do that. But then Pharaoh has a dream. 
Mm-hmm. It's a couple of dreams. Uh, we're not going to read it all word for word, but one dream has some attractive cows and some ugly cows and some some cows eating some other cows. <laughs> it's, it's, it's kind of wild. You know, yeah. it's just weird. Yeah, weird the fat kinds cows, of fat cows, yeah. and then the thin cows come up, and then the thin cows eat the fat cows, but you can't even tell that they ate anything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, sometimes when we describe these two things, things to people, I think they're probably like, what? Yeah. If you've never read the story, go read it. <laughs> it's what yeah. it says. <laughs> well, and, and I mean, you know, how jacked up are our dreams? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then the second dream was is more about like, uh, I think it's like grain and there was uh, how some was growing so well and then there was some that wasn't growing so good mm-hmm. and then the, the stuff that wasn't growing so good kind of like took over the stuff that was growing good. Mm-hmm. Right? Kind of ate it up. Yeah, is that kind it, of a good explanation? Yeah, I didn't know anything either. Yeah, so obviously as Pharaoh, as king of Egypt, he's disturbed by this, you know? Yeah, I can't believe he couldn't interpret that himself. No, no. <laughs> Seems pretty easy. <laughs> Fat cows and skinny cows. Like, I'd wake up and be alarmed to tell you somebody about the dream. It's like, you know, like, do you ever have those dreams where you're like, that was just too weird? Mm-hmm. I don't think I should tell anybody because <laughs> I might get admitted to the hospital or something. Just keep it to yourself. I don't want to admit that my mind could come up with something that jacked <laughs> right. up. Yeah. So he has those dreams. He's disturbed by them. He can't find anybody that can interpret them. Mm-hmm. Two years later. Dum, dum, dum. Cupbearer comes through. <laughs> yeah. So he basically says, hey, I know a guy. Yeah. Two years ago when all this happened, because Pharaoh was a part of that, two years ago when all this happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Joseph. He even says something about, you remember when you were really mad at me? Yeah. When Pharaoh <laughs> was angry with his servants. <laughs> yeah. And put me and the chief baker in custody in the house, you know. Yeah, the, the the baker's dead, by the way. So he, he uh, put them back. So he basically tells that there's the, the Hebrew that's in dungeon, in the pit, that we call it, that he's basically, it was the one who interpreted those dreams. And he thinks, like, he's kind of finally, finally fulfilled on this two-year mm-hmm. promise that he yeah. would he would bring it up. He's just waiting for the right moment. So he does not Pharaoh calls Joseph up to him, right? Yep. And he uses my, so I want to read, based on what you said a minute ago, my, 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 um, uh, mine reads, then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph and he quickly brought him out of the pit. Yep. Does yours say pit? Like, um, it- this one actually says dungeon, but then it has a little, you know, a little thing that you can click. I'm looking on my Bible app. Um, that you can click, and it says, or pit, or cistern, which cistern is what they would have thrown him in a minute, and initially. It was it was a like a well. I mean, they would dig down, get water, you know, that kind of stuff. So it was really, the, the same word mm-hmm. is kind of used throughout, and it can sort of be interpreted in different ways. But, yes, brought him up out of the pit. So is this when he gets out? I don't think so. Okay. But he in in some ways, yes. Um let's keep on going just a little bit until until kind of what happens. All right. And then we'll we'll talk talk about it. Take it. We'll let you take it. Um okay, so so yeah, he got cleaned up. Um they shaved him, cleaned him up, all that kind of stuff. That was nice. Um yeah, you know, <laughs> give him some bath give him some bath salts and some clothes and all this kind of stuff. And he he's brought in front of in front of Pharaoh, and uh, 
Pharaoh uh, basically says, I got this dream and I need you to interpret it. Somebody said you can interpret it. And Joseph said that uh, God alone can interpret dreams. <laughs> um, and so Pharaoh tells him the dream, big cows, little cows, thin cows, eat the big cows, heads of grain, all that kind of stuff. Yep. And Joseph um, interprets the dreams to him. And what he, what he's, what he tells him is that the, the, the nice cows, the fat cows, and the plump heads of grain and stuff, there were seven of them, mm-hmm. and that represents seven years of plenty. Seven years where you're going to be able to really grow a lot of crops and those kind of things. So all the livestock are going to be fine. Um, crops are going to be great, all that. And then after that, there's going to be seven years of not fine. Um, seven years of famine. It won't be able to grow things. And it's going to be so bad that it will make everybody like forget that the seven good years even happened, you know? Um, so let's translate seven years. You got plenty of grocery plenty money. Of gro- yeah. You're getting all the cookies. You get name brand everything. I mean, there's no, you even have the, you know, did you ever go to that house when you were a kid? Maybe you were the house that like just had bags of candy in their house yeah, we or something. We were not that house. I mean, we weren't that house either. It's just like, why do you have just like a box of Snickers bars? <laughs> like, who has that? I mean, it's like that kind yeah. of grocery <laughs> money yeah. for seven years, and then it's broke. Yes. Like broke, broke. <laughs> yeah. So seven years of really good, then seven years of really bad, and so Joseph. He basically told Pharaoh, he's like, hey, you know, I think probably what you should do is appoint some people to oversee um, during the seven years of good and, and gather stuff and put up stuff, put it into barns and put it all back so that over that seven years of famine, you can ration that out. You can set, you know, and, and actually save people's lives by doing that. That, that sounds like a good idea. So you should probably do that. Yeah, we don't need to waste time. Like yeah. we need to get on it, yeah, get, get it going. It. Let's go, because we're not gonna have a chance. And uh, and Pharaoh was like, ah, "That sounds like a good plan. You're it." Um, and so immediately Joseph is put in charge of of everything. In fact, he is made second in command. Um, only the only person in all of Egypt that had more authority than him was Pharaoh himself. And so it's kind of funny. In a 24-hour period, he goes from being in the pit, literally, um, to being second in charge of all of Egypt. Yeah. That was a pretty good day. Yeah, it's like the promotion people are looking for. You know? Yeah. But I think I think I want to I just want to add a little bit to that, some of the stuff that the words the Scripture uses. Because it says in Pharaoh, like after the proposal was given to Pharaoh and he was going to make the decision, that after propose after Pharaoh said to his servants, "Can we find a man like this?" Talking about in in Egypt, but he didn't just say, "Can we find a man like this?" But can we find a man like this in whom is the spirit of God? Mm-hmm. Like Pharaoh recognized, like it just wasn't Joseph interpreted a dream. Like because I mean we could have came up with a story. It doesn't mean Pharaoh's going to put us in second in charge, but that Pharaoh was recognizing that there was something different. About this, and then he, and Joseph was telling him the whole time, mm-hmm. "Hey, I can't interpret dreams. God can." Yeah, 
And then throughout the interpretation, he was saying, this is what God says. Yeah. Bunk, you know. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's a, that's a good point that he's saying that Pharaoh is seeing, yeah, you said this is, this is God's stuff. And now I'm going, yeah, you're like, you're kind of from God. And we've got to keep in mind that this is not Pharaoh's God. Right. It's not. Yeah. Like, they worship their own gods. They had mm-hmm. gods of their own. This was not, that's the one true God that the Israelites worshiped, the God that we know from the Bible. I think it's easy to gloss that over and say, well, Pharaoh was just in. He was a, he, he believed too. No, this was not his God. This was not his gods coming down saying, you got to do this, you know, because they weren't real. They didn't exist. You know, they were, they were un, unreal gods, but... He recognized the, the the power and the authority in the God that Joseph followed. And instantly, he even goes on to say, since God has shown you all this, there is none so discerning as wise as you are. If It's almost like saying if God gives you this, if he gives you this kind of authority, if he gives you this kind of knowledge, if he gives you this kind of power, then I got to listen to that too. Like, mm-hmm. I need to hear what you have to say. And then puts him, yeah, puts him in charge. And that's him a, in charge. It's a pretty bold statement. And it's pretty interesting what, um, like what he does for him pretty immediately. It says, Pharaoh removed his signet ring from his hand, which was a, a sign of authority. I mean, he, it would have been the official ring where they would have sealed things with the ring, that kind of thing. So he gave him a ring and put it on his hand, and then he clothed him with fine linen garments. Remember the coat of many colors? Yep. One one translation of that might have even might it kind of points to that the coat of many colors wasn't really a lot of different colors. It was just fine linen and and like really nice. Yeah. Coat, you know, so he he kind of gets his coat back, not the one from his dad, but he gets a new you know new garments, and placed a gold chain around his neck, whereas for the last thirteen years. Um, he was in chains of a different kind, you know, yeah. and now he's got a gold chain around his neck. And I'm not saying that he was literally in chains all of those times, but figuratively, and he was under house arrest, you know, so servant, um, those kind of things. Um, so, so he kind of swapped, swapped one chain for another chain, you know, and, uh, and he gave him his, his, uh, he had Joseph ride in his second chariot, um, servants called out where, wherever they went, um, and he and he told him. He said, Pharaoh said to Joseph, "I am Pharaoh, and no one will be able to raise his hand or foot in all of the land of Egypt without your permission." That's a lot of, like, that's a lot of authority. Yeah, you know, right? Um, the day before, it, pretty much everybody in Egypt could have told him what to do. Mm-hmm. You know. And now it's it's this, and uh, and then he gave him his gave him one of his daughters to marry. I mean, dude gets a ring, gets a coat, gets a gold chain, gets a chariot, and gets a wife. Bam, that's a good day. Good day. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good twenty four hours. You know, it's one of those days you wake up in the morning, and then when you go to bed at night, you're like, "What happened?" <laughs> You almost got to wonder if the next morning when he woke up, if he was like, okay, was that a dream? You know, and, and start looking around and going, no, I'm still, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't think this is a dream. Um, and it's real, I think it's real easy for us 
to, you know, to, I mean, this, this happens over the course of like four pages in the Bible, you know? Um, but this next sentence, it's, it's verse 46. It says, Joseph was 30 years old when he entered the service of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. 30 years old. Yep. Anybody remember how old he was when he got thrown into the pit by his brothers? 17. 17. <laughs> 17, yeah. 13 years. 13 years. And some would say that that's like supposed to be the prime of your life, right? I don't necessarily agree with that. But, you know, 17 to 30. Yeah, I mean, that's, 17 to 30. That's, that's a yeah, big that's, deal of time. time. Yeah. I mean, that's, and he spent it as a slave, servanthood, yeah. dungeons, prison, in his pit. As was described. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a long um I mean, just think back for like for each of us, think back thirteen years. What was your life like? where, where were you? Oh you gosh, know? yeah. I mean, we were you know, we were living in Arkansas at the time, but just before then we were in, even in a different state. Um we didn't have you didn't have two of your kids. Yeah. You yeah, know? only halfway there. Um I mean, man, so much. Different job, different career, different yeah. house. I mean, there's so many things that yeah. were different for so us. So many things that, that can be different in our lives. Um, so I really want us to, you know, kind of think through what if in all of that time, over those last 13 years, you had just been kind of in hell on earth, mm. you know, um, and going through suffering and 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 all of that kind of stuff, how long would that 13 years be, you know, yeah. compared to compared to maybe your 13 years that you've actually spent, if, it, if it's been good? Um, and, you know, and we talked about this a little bit before the show, you know, doing some doing some show prep. I know. Woo-hoo. Didn't know that happened, did you? <laughs> but in saying this, I didn't think about it either, is we've been through 13 years, and he's already been – showed what the next 14 will look like yeah i mean not not particulars but he knows there's going to be seven good years and seven really bad years yeah and it's up to him now to make sure that he obeys so that those seven bad years they can survive Mm -hmm. and to me i'm just thinking about the dauntingness of i've just been through these 13 years and now i've been told the big plan for the next 14 I mean that's life. That's that's yeah. that's his life, and and I just find that that very interesting of of how he's put through that. You know, it's it definitely these fourteen years are better than the first thirteen years. Like mm-hmm. I don't want to pretend it's the same or anything. It definitely improves, but he also has a lot of responsibility on his shoulders because yeah. knowing what he does and being guided the way he was through that first thirteen years mm-hmm. now has qualified him to do what he's called to do for these fourteen. And really, even, you know, you, we can be tempted to think that, you know, some, okay, so like how much of this was God's plan? How much of this was directed particularly by God? All of those kind of things. Um, I don't think God is going to, I, I know that God is not going to cause someone to sin, Okay. James tells us that very clearly. God doesn't tempt anyone. He is not tempted by sin. He doesn't tempt anyone to sin. Um, 
And so you, you kind of have to think, okay, is God just redeeming this? Is God allowing this? Is God is, is this God part of God's plan? I believe it is, and we we see some more of that later on. Um, but you, it's like, well, why? How about if God just left Joseph where he was and grew up, and then bring him down later, or you know, whatever? I mean, how, why why does he have to go through all these kind of things? And again, we were talking about it a little bit before the show. Um, I don't think the Joseph that told his brothers about the dreams that he had mm-hmm. was the same Joseph that told Pharaoh his dreams. Yeah, you know, I think there was a lot of um, a lot of maturity, a lot of wisdom. I mean, we we said that Joseph, I think, was wise as a as a young man, um, but I think even more so as he grew, as he kind of saw the way the world worked, um, saw kind of his place, saw all this kind of stuff going on. And and I think just following God and trusting God for, you know, the next day, the next day, the next day, um, probably gave him a lot of maturity and a lot of discernment um, that he didn't have before. And so while we do see that in 24 hours, you know, he got the ring, he got the chain, he got the girl, he got the chariot, he got the, you know, all those kind of stuff. Um, I, I think that maybe the fulfillment of this really took kind of that 13 years. You know, it wasn't yeah. a 24 hour switch around. It was God prepping and planning and, and kind of, um, getting Joseph to the point where he needed to be before he could put him into this place, you know? Mm-hmm. And so we were, we were kind of talking about what, um, you know, overall, this is part of God's plan to save a lot of people, you know? Yeah. Um, but it, but it kind of went down to his plan for one person named Joseph and how, and how he orchestrated these things around Joseph's life. Um, so it kind of makes me think, like, what what plan might we be a part of that we may not even know about right now? For sure. And yeah. maybe those pits that we're in, you know, maybe those that pit that we keep getting dragged back into, maybe the, the you know, e- either the big pits that we might have or just a bunch of little pits that we have. Um how many of those pits are what God can use to to fulfill his purpose and his plan in what he has for us? And it may not even have as much necessarily to do with us as it does with others. You know, yep. Joseph, one person, ended up being kind of the the linchpin in, a, in, in some ways to save a lot of an entire country, mm-hmm. you know, and even more because we see that people came in from other countries to buy grain and buy food and stuff like that from Egypt. So, you know, many, 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 many people were were saved physically um, because of that. And then we'll also see um, next time how how this, you know, God's plan even even was part of his plan for us today. You yeah. know, as, as through through Christ and that and that kind of thing, so it, it it I think it gives us hope that that those pits that we that we find ourselves in, those things that we find ourselves in, 
um, you know, I don't, I don't want to be like kind of just cliche and silly, whatever, but you know, the pits can kind of prepare you for like the palace, you know, that's where he ended up. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't think we, and we don't look at it that way. You know, we're, we're too focused on where we are right now or where we have been maybe instead of where God can take us tomorrow. Yeah. Know? I mean, Lee, we definitely, we definitely are woe is me and pity party type of people. I mm-hmm. mean, I know I can get stuck up in those things sometimes and you know, where you have one bad day and you, you're driving home and you're like, God has forsaken me. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's, it's over. I don't know what I'm going to do, you know, uh, and you have those hard moments, but yeah, it's really, it's really about, you know, we always talk about the thing is it's not how you fall down. It's how you get back up. You know, it's that big, yeah. that big saying. And it, it's, it's, it's not, it's not just that it's, you're in this, when you're in the pits, when you're in the difficult times, um, when it's said and done, there's a reason for it and there's going to be a purpose and you're going to have purpose in your life and God's going to do something. It, it may not be treasures and riches for you. You may not be number two in Egypt. You know, you may not have all that stuff, but it's the impact on other people. And God mm-hmm. is all about revealing himself to people and he uses our lives. I mean, that's his number one purpose. It's not to, for us to be like problem free, carefree, run around barefoot, you know, just enjoying everything. He wants us to experience those things and mm-hmm. he wants us to find us that peace and joy. But ultimately his purpose is to reveal himself to people so they can find him and can find him as their God and find Jesus and find out salvation so that they can have that peace. I mean, that's mm-hmm. what, that's what we're here for. That's what he wants us to do. That's what he wants our lives to look like is to point people back to him. So he's going to do things in our lives for us to share with others and for others to see and experience so that we can, point them to that yeah and we and we do we lose that we lose that focus so often yeah and i think one one thing that we could maybe that might help us to to keep that focus or to help us refocus um is something that i i heard um in a in like part of a sermon that i was listening to about this um and the 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 guy said that when you're looking at all this, it's not the what that got Joseph. It wasn't the pit. It wasn't the prison. It wasn't the uh, it wasn't Potiphar in that kind of time there. Um, I think he was really going with the P thing. Um, <laughs> so it it wasn't the what of those things. It was the why. Mm-hmm. You know, like why is he going through this? And I think until this happened. I think what kept dragging him back to the pit really was the why. Like, why has this happened? He even told the, the cupbearer, see if, if Pharaoh will get me out of this dungeon, out of this pit, because I've not done anything to deserve this. Yeah. Why am I here? And so I, I think his why up until that point was the, the betrayal by his brothers. Mm-hmm. You know, that betrayal. And I think if we think back even in our lives, like when we think about those pits, if we if we really look at it, I think the thing that bothers us even more about our pits is the why of them. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's a huge thing in answering, kind of answering that question to help us get out of the pit. 
mm-hmm. you know, because I can look back on my life at some of the at some of the things that I that I kind of fall back into sometimes, kind of my pits, and and for some of those, I don't quite have a why, like the why answered yet. Sure. You know, I'm yeah. still kind of searching some for the why. In others, I think I've answered the why. And I've seen how God has answered the why. And it helps me kind of get out of it. It's almost like, you know, that, that whole thing we can, you know, as long as we know why we're doing something, as long as we believe in it, then we can put up with anything for a little while, mm-hmm. you know. And I think if we have the why, then it doesn't matter what necessarily the what is. And so I think that's a, it's a big, I think this, now Joseph going, ho, oh, this maybe, maybe this is why I'm here. It's to save people. It's, it's to carry out this plan of, you know, seven years of good, putting food back. It's to, to help save people. Maybe that's the why. And that, I think that helped him finally get out of his pit now, there's a couple more things that we'll look at next time um, in having to do with kind of answering that even with his with the rest of his, like with his brothers. Um, but I think this was a major step for, for Joseph to get finally out of that pit was that, that I, I think he felt like some of that why answer, why question had gotten answered, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, for sure. I think we're we're running to that land the plane type of time. So uh, I do want to say this, uh, and we can use this as land the plane because I think you just put a lot of good thoughts in there too. But like I can't help, and I've been sitting here just thinking about it, and so I feel like I need to share it. Like what are these pits, these pits in lives that people experience and of all the different things they can be. But I also think we, I just want to take a moment to talk about the pit of unbelief. Because, I mean, if we realize it or not, that's that's a pit, mm-hmm. okay? Like, it's it's that, is there a God out there? If there is, what he's like, what's real about him? Can I trust the Bible? Can I trust these different sources? I mean, look at all these scandals or different things that's going on. Who am I supposed to believe? Who am I supposed to trust? Can I even believe that this, this God is real? Oh, yeah. and, I, and I guess I just want to talk about that pit because I feel like there is a pit of unbelief out there where people have just made up their minds that they're not they're not going to accept the idea that there's a god. It's it's too weird, it's too supernatural. I need more factual type of things. Mm-hmm. And so they're in that pit if they know it or not. They're in that pit. And they think the only way to get them out is through um through factual information. Like I need this, I need to know this, I need to know this. You tell me all these things then maybe I can start to come out of that unbelief. Um, but I'm just I'm just sitting here thinking about this story of Joseph and other stories in the Bible, of course. But then I start thinking about the people I know today and how many stories, uh, and like you shared earlier, how many stories there are of, of people going through their own pits and God bringing them out, mm-hmm. showing them their purpose. I mean, from people that are so addicted that, it just blows our mind how somebody can be so addicted to drugs to um, what, what, whatever category, okay, or just so into themselves or so 
have so much of their faith put into man, you know, in, in politics or or what we go through can go through a whole list of things. But the end, it's it's the the stories of how real God is now in people's lives. Mm-hmm. Like even if I sometimes I want more facts or I want more definitive answers out of the Bible or I want more just like I just I don't want to have any doubts in those things. If you just take the time and, and talk to people who truly have experienced God, who have know God and have lived with God and have had these moments and just be willing to listen to them and just be willing to hear what they have to say, not be ready to argue, not be ready to um, try to explain their experiences to them, but just listen to what God has done. Man, I think that pit of unbelief is going to be a little shallower, you know? Yeah. I just couldn't help think about that right now. I don't know if somebody needs to hear it that's going to be listening to this episode or what. But it's just such an important thing to um, recognize and to I, – I, my prayer is for people listening to this, no matter where you're at. Because we, we always say we wanted this show to be for the believer, for the non-believer. Mm-hmm. Like, come have a discussion with us. Come talk about it. And I'm, and I'm hoping that, that people will at least give the opportunity to keep having those discussions. And, and you know, even when people disappoint, that's not – even though I'm a Christian believer and I disappoint you, I hurt you, I'm not the perfect representation of Jesus. Can't be. Yeah, no. Never will be. So don't don't put that on people, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but just listen to what they have to say. Listen to those stories about how God's worked in their lives. And that's that's real. Yeah. That's real. Yeah. And and um and then it, it even opens up to your your mind to these stories like of Joseph and stuff, even that much more. When you start to understand how God's working, you see that consistency mm-hmm. from so many years ago to now, and it's just it's just a cool, amazing thing. Yeah, and also for you know if you're if you're in a pit, you know right now, or if you, if you've got a pit that you keep kind of going back to, um, a lot of times you'll hear people say, "Well, don't question God, don't ask God why." I, I think I get where that's coming from, but over I think that's terrible advice. Yeah. Um, obviously we shouldn't, you know, kind of ask God why in a way that is more like, well, why would you do this to me? You know, that's different. Um, obviously shouldn't do that because we're, we're at that point we're questioning his judgment, you know? Um, but I think it's completely fine to ask God, okay, what? Why are why are you doing this? Why are you walking me through this? Like, what's your purpose? You know, so that's the why of things that we might be going through, and we may even be able to look back at things that we've gone through and say, okay, I wonder why God brought me through that. Can you, you know, and even ask God, hey, will will you show me yeah. the why? And sometimes we're not ready for it, obviously. Um, Sometimes we're not we're not ready to to kind of take on everything. I, I think if God most of the time if God showed us what He was really doing and where we where He was taking us and and things that He was going to ask us all this kind of thing if He revealed the next ten years to us we would probably go <laughs> can't no not going to do that you yeah. know. Um, but he's he's good to us, and he and he allows us to grow, and he allows us to um, to mature, and 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 he prepares us, you know, for those kind of things. So yeah, 
I've always thought it's like with kids, if you're saying why because you have selfish intentions that you are not because you're not getting what you want and you mm-hmm. want to know why, I don't I don't have time for that. But yeah. if it's why because you want to learn, I have time. For I that. got time for that. Yep. Yeah, yep, for that's sure. good. Good. That's a great way to way to look at that. Yeah. So that's the show, man. It's good stuff, yeah, Joseph. We should do this more often. I know. It's like, it's like darn. Man, I learned so much. Have so much fun. No, we have fun. Yeah. I don't know if y'all have fun, but we have fun. Yeah. Yeah. We do. We we do have a good time. And trust me, we've we've looked at weeks and we were like, let's do it this week. And then something got in the way or let's yeah. do it then. And, and you know, we're just two, two dads, husbands, career, having to work people. Kids in high school. Kids in high school. Younger kids playing sport. It's all. It's the whole that. spectrum. Yeah. And it keeps us busy. And so sometimes it gets in the way of us doing this, but that's yeah. good. We want to be good fathers and good husbands and yeah. we want to do all those things. So um, we do this when God gives us the opportunity, right? It's that's his, right. It's his timing. But hopefully we'll get back to So that soon. was that for 2022? Yeah. <laughs> 2023, <laughs> y'all. 2023. No. No, we'll be back before then. I hope. I hope. Yeah. I don't make week. promises. Let's do it. Unless I know I can keep them. Yeah, yeah. No, that means I never make promises. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, once you get us out of here. Yeah. Y'all just, uh, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for coming back, listening to the show. I hope it's still subscribed in your feed. So this pops up and makes your day. You're like, hey, look, they're back. And so uh, we hope that goes. We started off a little shaky, but I think we finished strong. So we kind of got back in the groove. So excited about that. But give us a follow on social medias. Really, it's just a way. We, we don't use it tons because we don't have time. But we want you to use it. If you want to reach out to us, that's a great way to do it through any of our social medias, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We're on all those. Um, we also have the email, today at gmail.com. You can shoot us an email. And if you just want to share a story or something, even something you might want to hear about, you might want us to discuss. Yeah. We'll, show, we'll be show happy to do it. Um, we we love that feedback, and we love to know what y'all are thinking. Uh, it's been a, y'all been blessing us with still listening. You know, it might have been a few, little bit of time for us our last show, but we're still seeing downloads, and we we know God's using it for His purpose, and we're just couldn't be more happy than that. We just want God to use this for whatever He has sees fit, and and we're satisfied and and excited about it. So. Yep. I guess that's it. All right. We'll wrap up Joseph next Next, show. Next show, wrap up Joseph. Yep. Then we do need some show ideas. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, y'all. See ya.